Thank you for tuning in to the voice of his word. In today's podcast, we will be looking at part three of correction versus condemnation. Today, we will be learning from God's word that the lack of correction contributes to a corporate corruption. Let's tune our hearts and our ears to the voice of his word. Alright, let's turn in our Bibles today to the Old Testament. The Old Testament to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 34. And it's this is a well-known passage. It's going to be just our text that we're going to start with for today. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 34. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your holy word. Father, you have said that all scripture, all scripture is God-breathed and it's profitable, God. Your word profits our life. It teaches us, it rebukes, it corrects, it furnishes, it, it, it equips us, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, which also empowers us. And I thank you for your love, which edifies us. And today, God, I ask that you would rightly divide your word. Rightly divide your word as we study. Teach it to us, Holy Spirit. Reveal it to us. I pray for every heart, every spirit listening, everybody tuning in, that you would open their heart to see great and mighty things that they do not know. That you would open our eyes, O God, to see wondrous things in your word. That you would revive us through your word. That you would send grace from on high that we may apply your word to our lives, that we may share the blessing of your word. And even as we apply your word, that Christ will be begin to be made manifest in us and through us to be a witness to the world around us. Let your word be with power. Let your word come with clarity. Let your word come with faith today. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. I'm going to read from NIV. Righteousness exalts the nation, but sin condemns any people. Another version may say righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Our citizenship is of heaven. Now, when we come to Jesus, I know we fellowship at a local church. We join a body of believers as the Bible encourages us to do. And, and we are attached. We come into fellowship, into a corporate body of believers. But the Bible declares that we belong to a heavenly nation. And we belong to heaven, a, a heavenly country. That's why the Bible calls us ambassador. Ambassador is a representative from one country to another. We are representatives of a heavenly country, the country that belongs to Jesus Christ, a heavenly nation. Proverbs talks about righteousness and the, 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 that righteousness lifts up a nation, but it also speaks to what sin does. Sin is a reproach. Sin condemns any people. You look in the nations today, you look in our own, in the nation of Belize, we look in nations today, it's sin that has the potential that brings down 
a nation. It reproaches a people. You know, if there is just a handful of bandits in a city and they're making trouble, they can make a bad reputation for that entire city. And today, as we go into part three of correction versus condemnation, I want to share with you some things from the word of God today as the Holy Spirit leads, as the Holy Spirit helps us. And I want to share with you and I want to impart that lack of correction, lack of addressing sin can result in a corporate corruption and can result in a corporate condemnation. In other words, Private sin in your own life can result in a public defeat. And I don't want you to think this is just a theory or an opinion of mine. And so that's why we have the word of God. That's why we gather around the word of God. And I believe God has some things to say to us and to share with us today as we study. So I want us to take a few case studies today. One from the Old Testament, and if possible, if the Holy Spirit permits us, one from the New Testament. And I love when I see a principle throughout the Old and the New Testament. It just cements it. It solidifies what God is saying. And so let's let's go to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7. And we'll take a few verses from this account. And this is the account of the sin of Achan. And you may have heard this story, may have not heard this story before. But today I want to share a few passages from here. We want to see what the word of God has to say to us today. And I pray that our hearts would be open. I pray that we would receive from God's word today. Let's read verse 1. Joshua chapter 7 verse 1. I'm reading from the New King James Version today. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Kami, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zedah, sorry, Zerah, of the tribes of Judah, took off the accursed thing. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. This, if you read it quickly, you may miss it. I want you to first note that it said, the children of Israel sinned. The children of Israel committed a trespass. And then it said, for Achan, one man, one man committed sin, but God, as far as heaven was concerned, as far as God is concerned, he saw this sin and he treated this issue corporately. When we speak of corporately, we're speaking of oneness, a a, a one organization, a a public thing. God did not treat this just as Achan's sin alone, but the scripture is teaching us something today. For the children of Israel trespassed. 
they trespassed, but it said that it was really Achan who took off the accursed thing in the chapter before they had went into Jericho, they had plundered, and God made it very clear that you are not to take anything for yourself, but Achan had sticky fingers and Achan had longing eyes, and this man's sin actually brought demise and brought reproach to all Israel. I want to encourage if you are listening today and you are a part of any leadership in your church, if you are a part of a praise team, if you are a part of any sort of uh, body of believers, moreover in leadership, and you are committing or you know you are in perpetual sin, I want to lovingly say that take some time to come away, confess to God and let God restore you because this is a serious issue today that we need to we need to look at and we're trusting the Holy Spirit to release grace on us as we study this word today. The children of Israel sinned. I want to note that first point there. And I trust that you take time to read the Bible for yourself, that you know this isn't something that I am just making up. Achan, one man. Now, Joshua didn't know this issue. And there's another thing here for me that I want to, <laughs> that challenges me as a, as a leader, as a, as a, as a, as a servant of God. It, Joshua didn't consult God. You know, uh, the people went up, he sent people to spy out AI. This was the next place of, that they were going after to conquer. And he said, Joshua, don't, don't send everybody. Just send about two or 3,000. There's not that many people in AI. We can easily take the place. And so he listened to the counsel of man rather than seeking the counsel of God. I believe if Joshua had gone before the Lord, the Lord would have made it very clear. Joshua, you can't go up. There's sin and you need to deal with it before you go. Because if you go up before and you go like this, you will face defeat, which they did face defeat. So Joshua listened and, and he has sent a few men. Now the Bible records in this chapter that 36 people died. They could not stand up against the enemy. And I want you to realize it was just one man's sin that was causing all this trouble for all the people. This one man's sin was bringing reproach to the nation of Israel. This one person's greed and covetousness and disobedience brought reproach to all Israel that they could not stand up. This one man's sin caused the death of several fathers and husbands. It said 36 fell. Those were 36 breadwinners. Those were 36 husbands, 36 fathers that, that, that a family will no more see all because of one man. You know, lust and sin is a terrible thing. When, when, a, when someone decides to, to commit sin, I, I want you to realize it, it doesn't just affect the individual. Your sin can affect your family. Your sin has the potential to affect your neighbors, your church, the people around you, your selfishness, our selfishness, the flesh has the potential to bring destruction, not just to our own lives, but to the lives of the people around us. And then on, on the other hand, our obedience and, and, and our submission and walking in the spirit and the things of God results in blessings in our own life but also in the life of the people around us this is this is what happened in this in this account and so 
Joshua and, and the elders, you know, the Bible will tell you if you read, he tore his clothes, he fell before God on his face, and he's crying out all day before the Lord. And actually, he begins to say, God, like, why did you bring us over? This is the same man who God spoke to in chapter one of Joshua and saying, hey, Go over this Jordan. Take these people. I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Be strong. Be courageous. And we saw Joshua being strong and courageous. But sin reduced even this mighty man of God to doubt. And it crippled him. You know, in, in Hebrews, it talks about you can either make your leaders happy are sad in the work that they do. You make them happy when you obey what they tell you to do. When you obey your leaders, you make their work more joyful in the Lord. But when you are rebellious and when you are disobedient, when you're making trouble and you don't listen, you actually, you reduce your leaders to this place where Joshua is. Now I want to pick it up in verse, in verse 10. I want to go down to verse 10, 11, and 12 of Joshua chapter 7. I want to read a few verses here. I want to see what else the Lord has to share with us today from this. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel, Israel, notice not Achan. Not Achan, Israel has sinned and they, they, this thing touches me, this thing challenges me. I pray, I pray that, that God would grant us grace to live a holy life. The Bible says that Jesus is coming back for a church without spot, blemish, or wrinkle without holiness. No man shall see the Lord. Even as I hear this word today, the urgency for right living, righteous living, a holy life, purity of heart is, is urgent. Uh, there's a question. Could I, could I, could you, could we be holding back? Could we be holding back the people of God because of sin in our own life? Israel sinned. It, it, look, God is repeating the same thing here again. And they have also transgressed my covenant. Look again, they, the word they, not Achan, they. They have transgressed my covenant, which I have commanded them for they <laughs> have even taken some of the accursed thing. And have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies, because they have become because they have become doomed. To destruction neither will i be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you uh, i need to say unless we begin to you know I, 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 
sometimes we know I'm, I'm not saying that you're we're speculating or we're assuming that an individual in 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 the church or within uh, a body of believers we're not assuming or speculating God made it very clear to Joshua the sin and the issue and if you would read more God gave him the instructions and how to deal with this you bring out tribe by tribe clan by clan by family and then uh, and then God pointed out that it was Achan and so God made it clear what the sin was and who it was and so I'm saying we don't want to speculate or assume, but when God has made it clear, we don't want to go based on rumors. We don't want to go based on gossiping or slandering. When God has made it clear to you and I, especially leaders, when God has made it clear that such an individual is in sin, not not just a stumble, but perpetually they're in sin. They're, they're hiding it, but yet, you know, sometimes we, we, we don't want to ask a, 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 a musician or, or to, to come down because, you know, we won't have a musician. But let me tell you, it, it, we need to have a greater concern for the spiritual life of our people. We need to have a greater concern for the soul, the eternal part of man that will live on. It is better that you step away from the mic, step away from the instrument, step away from the pulpit for a season, just for a season, that God may restore you. Achan sinned. You know, God made it clear to Joshua. And when God makes it clear to you and I, you know, lack of correction brings decay to the body of Christ. And I realize First, for most cultures, it's hard. We don't want to talk about things. And I'm not saying that we're judging or condemning. I'm very well aware of Jesus and the adulterous woman and how he dealt with that situation. And he himself said, go and sin no more. So I'm not saying we're throwing rocks at people. But, but God, through his word, is also telling us that we need to deal with sin. The people of Israel could not stand before their enemies. In Acts chapter 3, Paul, Peter said, Repent that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You know, I want to teach this. I want to teach something to you real quickly. Unless there is sincere repentance, there won't be any sincere revival. Today we think revival is loud systems and, and, a, and, a, and a loud preacher and, and a crowd of people. That's not authentic revival. It, it could result in that. True revival could result in that. But real revival starts with real repentance. Not a false repentance. Not a ritualistic type of confession. When we're truly sorry for sin in our own lives. And the Holy Spirit has convicted us. And the Holy Spirit and the Word of God has pierced us. And we cry and we mourn and we weep. And after a revival, God restores. In Joel chapter 2, it says, you know, God, God promised that I, I, I will restore what the locusts have eaten. But those people had to first repent. They had to tear their heart and, 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 and in fasting and in mourning and weeping before the Lord over sin. So, before we go away from here, because I, I want to share a New Testament 
study as well. Just so you know, we're saying, well, this is Old Testament, Brother Shane. This is this is Old Testament. This is Old Covenant. This doesn't apply. We're under grace today. We're under grace today. And thank God we are under grace today. But let me tell you, and it makes it very clear in Titus chapter 2, that the grace of God, which has appeared to all men bringing salvation, has also taught us and teached us and trained us to live a godly life, a righteous life in this present time. So the grace of God is there to restore such messages as today is not to condemn, but it's to open our eyes and to awaken us to the need at hand, that there needs to be correction. Correction is divine. So I want to, before I go from here, so we, Achan eventually, they found out it was Achan. Joshua told him, give God the glory and confess. He confessed. And if you read more in this chapter, the Bible tells you that they took him, all his possession, his family, his oxen. They took him to, to the valley of Achar. They, they removed the accursed thing from among the people. There had to be not just a confession, but there was also a consecration, a separation. You know, I've been pray I'm praying for my own life for a, a consecration, consecration from things that aren't godly. People that aren't God, we're not saying we're better than anybody, but there's some people who, if you associate with them too long enough, they begin to rub off. And, you know, I realize that every individual, especially in the church, we have the potential to either help people conform to Jesus or we can corrupt people. You can help to conform people to Jesus or you can be a source of corruption. Be not deceived. Be not deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. Eventually, Achan and all his family, they stoned him. So much that a heap of stone covered him and they burned. There was a purging, a removing. There was a removing. I pray that God would help us to grasp this today in Jesus' name. Now, I want to go over to the New Testament. The New Testament Turn with me in the New Testament to the book of 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 5. And I, I want to take just the first seven verses from here. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And... This is Paul writing to the Corinthians. And there's something here that we need to see as well. It says, it is actually reported. <laughs> it is, it's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. And such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife, and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned. You know, uh, it's this isn't. We rejoice, we jump, we clap, we dance, and yet we know that certain things aren't right within the body of Christ. Paul is saying to them, you guys, you're puffed up, you're full of pride. 
and you're, you're, you aren't sad over sin. You aren't mourning over sin. I'm praying that God would restore to us a, a tender conscience. That sin and unrighteousness would so grieve us. But that God would also give us the grace and love in how to deal with it. He said, you are puffed up and have not rather mourned. That he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. Now we're reading New Testament. For I indeed as absent in body but present in the spirit have already judged as though I were present. Him who has so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan. Now listen to this. Deliver such a one to Satan. This is very important. That his spirit may be saved. Let me go back to that part. Deliver such a one to Satan. That his spirit may be saved. You know, his flesh will be destroyed, but his spirit will be saved. That's a, a very, very important point. God has come to save men's lives, not destroy men's lives. And I like that point because he's saying, hand him over to Satan. God is interested in saving his soul. Satan would have been a tool of discipline, a tool of, of destruction to his flesh that he would not return to that sin anymore. But his spirit, the eternal part of him, would be saved. God is sovereign in his wisdom. For the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Look at this verse. Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven, a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore purge, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. Since you, are, since you truly are the unleavened, for indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. It's a little leaven, yeast, you know, when you're baking and you're baking bread or any sort of dough that we need it to rise, you know, you don't need to put a lot of yeast. It's a little bit of yeast that you throw into that batch and you let it sit and then it begins to raise and it, it, it's puffed up a little bit has a big influence a little bit of yeast has a great influence on the entire dough and paul is taking this illustration and telling him if you keep this individual among you if you keep this sin in your camp if you keep it here it's going to spread throughout the church it's going to corrupt the church is going to spread even as yeast spreads throughout the dough and puffs it up 
so if you do not remove if you don't purge this individual out if you don't purge this sin out it is going to affect the body of christ it's going to affect the corporate body lack of correction lack of correction results in a corporate corruption and a corporate condemnation Purge, cleanse, remove. Uh, this is the same principle we saw in the Old Testament. They had to remove from among the people this sin, this individual. He's saying it sounds harsh. It doesn't sound like God who is love, but God is love. And in his love, he rebukes. That's what we learned in our first segment. He disciplines. And that's what he's saying here. Hand over this individual to Satan for a discipline. Righteousness exalts the nation, but sin is a reproach. Sin condemns any people. God isn't sending this word to condemn, but God's word does convict. The Holy Spirit does convict. And we want to respond to him. We want to respond to him. Because he's returning, as I said a while ago, for a church. Without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. Let's pray. Father, I, I, I thank you. That you're dealing with us as sons, as daughters. And that your word has come to us today. I pray that you would show us how to apply this word to our life. God, you did not give us a spirit of fear. But you have given us a spirit of power. A spirit of love. And a spirit of a song mind. And you told us in Ephesians 4 and 15 that speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into him who is the head and i pray that you will help us lord galatians 6 when you said father that if a man is overtaken in fault if a man is overtaken in sin you who are spiritual should restore such a one in the spirit of meekness and so i pray that you would release wisdom and grace over us father in your eyes we're equal nobody is better than anybody else but these are your principles. This is your word. And I pray, Father, that you, that you would search our hearts, that your spirit and your word would be a lump inside and throughout your church, convicting and bringing people to repentance. Father, help us in Jesus' name that we may apply this word to our lives. Thank you, God, because we know that you do love us and you want to bless us. May you bring... Lead us to sincere repentance, sincere revival, that we may get the restoration of blessing from you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let us pray for every individual listening today. You will also help them in Jesus' name. Thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Uh, join us Friday. Look out for the post on Friday for a five-minute devotional 
And also you can like the Facebook page, Voice of His Word, or email us at voiceofhisword.19 at gmail.com. 